Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the Wise Men Say podcast. We're continuing our build-up to the League One playoff final. Um, I am Richard Easterbrook. Back in 2020, we did a, a season review with with Kevin Phillips. Um, we're just going to go and play out 15 minutes or so, which focuses specifically on the 1998 playoff final. On the pod that day, it was uh, myself, there was Gareth Barker, Stephen Goldsmith and Craig Clark. If you want to listen to the whole episode, um, it's available on our website, uh, wisemensay.co.uk. If you just head to the pandemic podcast section and you'll find that and loads of other bits and pieces, so give it a listen. But for now, here's the section about the playoff final. When we got the, the final, I remember like the, the obviously queuing for the tickets. Yeah. Like, uh, you had to queue for hours to well, get nice. the ticket. People yeah, to, get, yeah. to get the ticket yeah. for the final. Um, so you had a season ticket. You were you were guaranteed a ticket. Well, you were, you were, I think, but you still had the queue. I, you know. So I didn't. I didn't have a season ticket. I used to go with this like the kids' club thing, and you used to meet at uh, the ticket office before the game and the take you in and everything. But it meant I wouldn't have got a ticket for the final. But for some reason, my sister had three season tickets for the same seat. So we just used like a voucher for each one, so I would go. She locked at the centre of a replacement or something, and then she had this other random one that the centre. I have no idea what. A more great admin. So basically, just a bit of light for about five games, and your sister had three. She was swimming in them, yeah. Aye, as well. She earned them. It was always her game. She was going to, so you know. Yeah. She's beat the system for player. I've listened to um, Alan Kirby do a couple of podcasts recently where he was talking about the the playoff game, which of course we all know what what, what happened in that. And I'm not having what what he, he was hitting at here, Kevin, was that Charlton had finished that season really, really well. I think they won like eight in a row or something to finish the season. And he was almost suggesting that Sunderland underestimated them going in, but I'm not having that from Peter Reid. No, no chance. No, we, we, Peter Reid wouldn't let us do that. You know, there's no way we'd underestimate any team. I think we finished two points above them in the end. I think in the table, three points, something like that. So yeah, it was close, but we never underestimated them at all. You know, that had nothing to do with the result. Of course, we all we all know, you know, what happens uh, with the result, and, and, and <coughs> obviously Michael. But no, you, we played them twice. We knew what they were all about. We did our homework. We did our teamwork. So we were prepared. 
But believe me, you know, a, a one-off game at Wembley, you can prepare all you like. We had a young team. Uh, you know, I'd never played at, at Wembley. You know, it's an experience for me. You know, a lot of the other players had never played there. You know, the only one I think was Niall. Niall scored for the Republic of Ireland, I think, there against England. So he played for Arsenal a couple of times there before. So I think he, and I think Lee Clark might have played there. So yeah, to, to suggest that, no, that never, that that would never happen with a Peter. Reed. I never saw it in the whole time I played under him. He never underestimated anyone. What's what, what what's going on for you, Mike? That, there's so many things for you that week leading up to it. So you play at Wembley for the first time, which must be the dream of every kid playing football. There's a chance to take some of the Premier League. Um, there's the goal scoring thing again. There's, there's a lot going on for you. Yeah, I think it was just I couldn't when when we when that whistle went in the second leg of the playoff. You know, it was just elation. You know, emotions come out. You know, we, we we got a second crack at it. Of course, we didn't go up automatically. Then you get you think you've got another crack at it. So I couldn't wait to play in that game. But we had to wait ten days, and I came off in that game. I think Sheffield United with with a dead leg, or I got a dead leg in that game. And I couldn't train a lot before the game. I think I only trained about three days before, so I hadn't done a lot of work. Um, but you're right. You know, there was a lot of pressure, not just on me, but on the whole team. Um, from a personal point of view, yeah, you're right. You know, to play at Wembley was just incredible. It was my dream as a kid. <clears throat> and I think more so, my sister played there about three years before in a in a women's game. And she never let me forget that she played at Wembley before me. So, <laughs> But she never scored. So I was desperate to score, of course, to, to, to get one back on earth. And, of course, to beat Brian Clough to record. And to try and, you know, I was dreaming about scoring a winning goal to take Sunderland to the to the Premier League and, uh, and uh, for a while it looked like it was going to happen but you know I, I could never envision it was going to turn out the way it did so it, it was a remarkable game but a very very what, upsetting disappointing game I mean what's that like though I mean obviously the end was horrific but in the game itself to score that goal I mean what what was that like to score that goal because I, I remember when we got the equaliser when he just after half time, I remember Pete was still celebrating in that end when when we kicked off. It, yeah. it, it was just that because I think we were so poor in that first half, and I think everyone was just like I remember going into the um, the concourse at half time, and there's this old guy behind him just going, "It's just like Norwich. It's just like it's just like like listen all the finals have been in." It's just like Swindon, but he was like he was a lot more colourful language. I remember it all, <laughs> and, we went, and we went in, come, come back out at half time, scored straight away. <clears throat> I remember the elation when that goal went in, and then we scored again not after, long after. But and I, what I always remember about that goal is Bordy nearly gets you in the first time, and the, the the defender blocks it, and everyone goes like ooh, and then he heads it, and you're in. I mean, what's yeah. What's going like obviously our end as well? So what's going through your mind in that moment when you're going through on goal and then you're at Wembley? I mean, I, I, I yeah. mean maybe I'm overplaying it. I don't know because no, no, maybe it's, it's instinctive. But yeah, it's funny actually because I I, I I watched the game back full the other day. They showed the whole game on Sky. I think it was last week, and I don't think I've ever really sat down and watched that whole game, but I did. And and you're right, you know. We were poor in the first half. I never really got a sniff at all of goal, and I was, you know, I was thinking, is my chance going to come? And 
you know, when Kevin Ball headed it over the top and, and I instinctively, <coughs> first I thought, am I onside, am I offside? But, you know, play to the whistle as we tell everyone. And, and I just remember, you know, I could read the bounce of the ball. I knew that I could, I have to take this first time because I knew Sasserilic was on his way out. And I, my first thought was, I'm going to lift it over him. But I thought, he's such a tall guy, it's going to have to be. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Acast anbefaler. Mit navn er Anders Morgenthaler. Over for mig sidder Roald Bergmann. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi skider skidesrætter alle de der podcast og forklarer mig nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulig ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi ud af. Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind og lytte til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjov spas med at have den her vidunderlige dopaminmangel. 
strange memory I've got that he was just because well, he was in my eyeline. And you always have weird, weird memories of these things, don't you? My, <clears> mine are bad memories that I didn't want to watch when Mick Gray was taking it, then being in tears because we'd lost, and hearing that, and just being really annoyed that they'd been promoted and were playing Red Red Robin. I just thought it was so like lame. And then Walking on Sunshine came on as we were leaving the ground. And going home, Forest, Forest fans had put this massive banner like hanging over this bridge over one of the roads we were going up, saying like, oh, well done Charlton, joining Forest and Borough in the Premier League and that. Uh, the game itself feels like a massive blur to me, but these like, so that was my first and only time at that version of Wembley as well. And uh, also the it was just like a horrible old place and like oh, rivers of urine going down the steps. Just like dreadful, dreadful place. But I remember I dropped, we got a programme and I, I had it up my top. And I went to the toilet, forgot, dropped it, went in this <sighs> like two oh, inches no, of piss on the floor. But like it cost well, a fortune, right? So well, like, yeah, I, I, ten quid them yeah. programmes, eh? So I was like, I didn't want to get wrong with my dad, so I cleaned it. And then and then as we were walking up the stairs Colour. as we literally as we were coming up the up the uh the steps, walked in and um Rufus scored. Literally as we walked in and this so I missed the goal. Just heard them celebrating. <clears throat> So it was a, not a very good five minutes for me as a human being. That, that, <laughs> nah, uh, very good. Oh, Richard Dawson I mean, steals the ball. Gareth's picking up his covered programme. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What was the... I, what was, I wasn't there myself. Yeah. I mean, we talking about our experiences as fans, Kevin, and how... We've had a few of Southern fans, but it was crushing that. It was really, really crushing, and I imagine the dressing room would have been like a mob as well. Yeah, it was... Um, you know, by the time you got back to the dressing room, yeah, I think I certainly left the pitch. I didn't want to see Charlton getting, you know, as much as should have showed respect. But I didn't want to see it then being handed the, you know, the, the trophy. So I, I made my way down to the, the tunnel and the change rooms pretty quick. And we all started coming in in dribs and drabs. Um, and, and as you can imagine, there was tears. There was a bit of anger. People throwing <coughs> boots. Um but the time everyone got in the dressing room, there was a silence. And even Reedy and Bobby Saxon and, and the coaching staff, everyone who was in there, it was dead quiet. And then all of a sudden, you know, Reedy says his little bit about the game and it goes quiet again. And then, then, then Quinny stands up and he just went, and I always remember it, he just said, look, what are we going to do? He said, we can sit, we can moat, we can let it ruin our summer, we can cry about it. He said, I said, he said what we need to get... Do all that now, he said. As soon as we leave it, leave here this afternoon, we get on the bus, we have a good drink tonight, we enjoy the evening, and then we never mention it again. And I mean, when we come back for pre-season, it's not mentioned. And by the time he'd finished that, I think the lads started talking, and you know, I think that that speech from Big Nile was just inspired us to one, enjoy the evening; two, try and enjoy your summer; but three, when we reported back for pre-season. Nothing was mentioned in the playoff final. We were focused and determined to push on again. Because Quinny said we'll win the we'll win the league next season, and we all we all thought, yeah, that's small talk. But when we started thinking about it, and with the, the additions that, that the gaffer made, <coughs> you know, it turned out to be you know a, a, an incredible season, and we won it at Cantor, really, didn't we? We absolutely dominated the league, and uh, did, as crazy as did you, anybody? Uh, sorry. 
No, go on, sorry. No, I was just going to say, it's crazy, and I've said it before. I, I, I actually personally, in my opinion, didn't think the timing was the time was right for us to go up. Of course, we'd have loved to go up, and I would never have, you know, not wanted to go up at that time. But when I sit and reflect, <clears throat> I think another season of us young squad together, with couple with the experience that we had, the new signs, the experience, and and playing together for another season really stood us in good stead for when we got promoted to the Premier League, as as you well know, when we finished seventh twice. So I, I actually think not going up, as much as it hurt us, probably set us in good stead for the next season and the following two after that. Did anybody say anything on Lionel Perez? No, no, no one blamed. There was no, there wasn't a blame game. No one said anything to anyone. Did you feel like it? <laughs> no, no one was saying. The only time I, you know, I've seen Lionel Perez grab hold of a comedian by the throat when we've had um, a, 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 a players' awards evening when he said something about his wife. Jokingly, Lionel grabbed him by the throat in front of everyone. So no, wow. no one was going to mess with Lionel Perez. <laughs> he was. He was a uh, he was mad, but uh, <laughs> it wasn't a time for blame game. You know, it, it, we could have quite easily come in and, and ripped into to Michael Gray, but no one would do that. You know, he, he no. had the bottom to get up and do it. You know, I think Lionel Perez pulled off some great saves during the season to help us get to where we were. So it wasn't the blame game; it was more getting behind people. And apparently, Bali always tells us the best ever night out on the way back that anyone's ever had. Oh, yeah. And you know, we used to have quite, you know, very good nights on the way back from games. That was that was one of the biggest things that I couldn't believe. As you know, when I first went there, we used to stop at uh, Bobby Saxton's local pub where he lived near Sheffield. We used to go to this. I always remember the first time we we pulled up in this what fifty two seat a coach outside this little rural country pub, and you could see the people looking out, thinking, "What the hell is a bus doing here?" And then to see a football team get off the bus and go in and have a couple of pints and play pool <laughs> on the way back from a game was just it was just incredible. But yeah, I think we stopped on the way back and had a drink, but the, we ran out of beer on the bus. And by the time we got back to the northeast, I think the game was pretty quickly forgotten about. And um, yeah, it was it was a, it was a, it was a good night, bizarrely enough. <laughs> Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.